Welcome to Born to Watch, where three old mates review and discuss the movies that mean the most to them. Welcome to the Born to Watch podcast, our first and only podcast to date. You're in on the ground floor. We're supposed to be a trio, as you heard in the intro, but uh, we're just a duo today. One of our partners in crime has uh, failed to make it, which is a shame. But with me today is Matthew Gowan, my old mate, and I'm your host, Matthew White. Tonight was a special, special night for us. Yeah, it certainly was, and it's great to be here. Uh, sorry that Morgs couldn't be here, but that gives me a chance to be in my rightful spot of second chair and not third wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be Morgs' spot from now on. Well, you, you look, we've all had our uh, times of playing third wheel. There's no doubt about that. Um, I was thinking you've more a sideline colour myself. <laughs> um, but, enough. you know, uh, you are in the second chair tonight. And um, again, again. So uh, Again? Why again? Well, we had some uh, technical difficulties. And uh, unfortunately, we are recording this for the second time. What happened to our production? Uh, look, the production team essentially fucked up. Oh. Well, that's no good. Who is our production team? I'm the production team. Oh. Yeah. There you go. So we are, I think from episode two, we may be outsourcing that. Um, we'd seen that someone's mic was on mute. We didn't pick it up till it was way too late. But anyway, moving on from there. So it's our first episode and uh, it's a special event tonight. We went to see Top Gun Maverick. What a show. What a movie. That was definitely worth the wait. Definitely worth the wait. 37 years in the making. Uh, the original, obviously, Top Gun came out in 1986. And we spent most of the formative years of our life reciting quotes from the movie or watching the movie. How, how many times do you reckon you've watched that movie? I, I would think conservatively it's got to be got to be triple digits it's over a hundred times i would say easily um back in the days when i used to have it on my video shelf with the uh you know the the capital t with a red in red pen and then uh op gun in black that's right in your old video collection yeah my video collection um i was ahead of the time but uh i've got three words really that can describe top gun maverick and that's holy fucking shit this movie, from the minute that it started, blew me away. Yeah, it really did. I mean, that was just such a great follow-up to the original, um, and the symmetry in there. You know, the way it, the way the story flowed through from from the first into the second, they just did a great job with that. They'd done a really good job, and, and you know what? Um, hats off to them because it would have been very easy. Um, <clears throat> pardon me, it would have been very easy 37 years on or 30 years on to think this is too hard and the the pattern now is to is to reimagine stuff, you know, like Jumanji. Let's just reimagine it and make it a loose sequel, but we'll just reimagine it. So to have the balls to actually think, well, no, we've still got a story to tell 37 years on, pretty great. And they fucking crushed it. Well, they did, and I think that was part of what Joseph Kaczynski was after when he came on board in about 2017. 
you know, they'd looked at this earlier when Tony Scott was going to be involved in the early 2010s, I think, but then he uh, sadly passed away. Yep. And that then put it on the back burner for quite a few years and he got involved and, and the end product was a, a bit of a, you know, a nod back to, to Tony Scott and what he'd done. And, and also, you know, a, they wanted to look back at that movie and make it part of it and bring it forward. Mate, I tell you what, it from the start of the movie, it was it was almost shot for shot of the original. So it opens with the Paramount Pictures. It opens with, you know, Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer movie. Then it's that orange sunset on the carrier. The same music. Starts with, you know, same the, words, the, the Top same Gun theme. On the screen. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it also has the same the same wording, the same blurb on there about the yeah, about uh, about top fighter gun, school. About fighter town. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was essentially shot for shot, but with a modern take, modern modern planes, a bit of a bit more modern feel, which is what they did incredibly well, was take the soul of that 86 film and just modernise it with, with the new technology. Yeah, exactly, and that's what that's what came through out of it, and I think that's part of the appeal of it is that if you loved Top Gun as a kid, then you're going to love this movie because it is it just takes you back to everything, the storyline, the plots, the characters. It takes you back, and there's there's some good, you know, there's, you see some of the old characters in there, and some of them you don't, but it really uh, it really is a homage to to the first movie, and that's what we wanted to see. Absolutely, look, I think that. Uh there was uh, so much expectation from my perspective. The the um, the movie, the production had been set back for for quite a few number of years because of COVID, and there was probably four or five different um, different release dates that we went through. And with each time, I was like, okay, it's another three months or it's six months. And then when they did the final one, where you, you know, when we started to come out of the pandemic, and it was obvious that we were probably going to get to see it on the the twenty uh, fifth of of May, mate, as I counted down the days, the expectations started to build. Watching the previews, watching the trailers, reading reviews. You know, I think it's a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that that really means a lot, but, like, the expectation was massive. And I, I had some concerns just because of that. Well, it was. I mean, it's always the way with movies like that is someone tells you something's going to be great and you build it up so much in your head that it's going to be awesome. <clears throat> Um, and, and it lets you down because it just can't build up. But this is something that doesn't let you down. No, nah, look, This it, is something that doesn't let you down. It, it, we, got a, we got in early. We went to Pacific Fair, uh, event cinemas in VMAX, 6pm session, so the first session available. And mate, we walked, we rocked in about five minutes early at about five to six, and the cinema was about, I'd say, 75% full. Um, and there was this, there was like, a, uh, like an air of sort of, a sense of expectation in the in the room, like anticipation, anticipate, anticipation. Like there was, it was very quiet. There was no sound. It no. was it was really odd. It was really quite uh, disconcerting. That we just sort of rocked in. I think it must have been much people thinking like were feeling like us, where it was. We you know what are we going to get here? It was. It was really muted, wasn't it? Yeah, like yeah. It, as it filled up, we got in, we took our seats. As it filled up, it was really quiet in there, and you're really sort of wondering what you're going to get out of this, and is it going to be everything that you're after? I was concerned. I was concerned that they were going to be looking in the back row, watching us munching down on our chips and chalky peanuts, because it was that loud. Well, it was. You could hear people bag rustling everywhere through that cinema yeah, at the start. That's yeah. how quiet it was. But look, by the time the movie started, I'd say there was it was it was over eighty percent full that cinema, and it was really good to see um, a cinema that full. Like, you know, the 
the last one that I saw that was remotely like that was was um, the the latest Spider Man, uh, which was another uh, great blockbuster. But you know, I haven't been in a cinema that's had that many people in it that hasn't been a cartoon or comic driven film. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, and I haven't been in a in a cinema that's been that full for quite a long time. But it was really, really good to get in there and get back into it. Get your snacks in, sit in the back and, and wait for that movie to come on. Yeah, and cool. just just when you're in there, you watch the previews and there's some big blockbuster previews that are out there. I think we had the new Avatar. I think there was yep. uh, there was Thor maybe. Yeah, Thor the, Love and Thunder, the yeah. latest Thor. But then, and then Jurassic Park. Then Dominion. Jurassic Park yeah. came on. So there's all these big blockbuster. Yeah, huge IP. Huge, like, yeah. huge movies. Yeah. And then... It quietens down and the music starts. And then the movie that's going to trump them all yeah. starts. And it's just that iconic music, yeah, Harold Faltermeyer oh, comes incredible. on and it's just perfect. Yeah. No, it, it, I had, the hairs were standing up on my arms. I'm actually getting some chills thinking about it now and I can only sort of liken it to when Star Wars came out again in the re-releases in 97 and watching that crawl come up the screen, having not seen those movies in the cinema for... Jeez, what? Nearly 20 years. Nearly 20 years. Nearly yeah. 20 years. Um, watching that crawl come up the screen, like I, I had a tear in my eye and I had shivers down my spine and it was something very, very similar to this. Maybe more than one tear back then. Well, it was... Look, I'm a, I'm a crier and that'll be proven <laughs> later on in this podcast when we discuss the, the third act of the film. Um, yeah, but... So anyway, about the movie, we've, we've dribbled enough um, with superlatives about it, but... The, the, we sort of we go through the initial scenes where we're on the uh, the homage to the eighty six film where we're on the carrier, um, but really we're then introduced to to Pete Mitchell Maverick, everyone's favourite jet fighter pilot, uh, and he's uh, he's a test pilot, and he's um, he's on a secret project that he's trying to break Mach ten, and uh, we learn pretty soon that Maverick's still the same rogue that he was thirty seven years ago that he. Doesn't really take to waters very well. That he's sort of he's a he runs his own ship. Yeah, he certainly does, and he's still got that bit of a smart ass attitude. Um, you know, not big on authority, but he's also older and he's also wiser. Yeah, and he's not the young hotshot upstart anymore. He's got the years on him, but he's you know he's still the best of the best. Well, I think that the the, the that the point is made when. He's taking the risks, and his excuse for taking the risk is to save his friends, not for his benefit. It's if he doesn't do this, what's going to happen to the people he works with? Yeah, that's so right. So that, he makes that comment early on. So you sort of get an idea really early on in the film that while he's still that rogue and he's still reckless and he still has no sort of respect for authority, that he's, he is, he's wiser, he's, he's a bit more mature, he's a bit more reflective. Well, that theme recurs throughout the movie where he's not just thinking about himself anymore. He's thinking about the others in his team, yeah. the people he cares about, and making sure that, you know, that's that's part of who he is now. Yeah. And look and look through and so after after we introduce him as a uh, as a fighter pilot as a test pilot, he, he then gets uh I guess relieved of duty, but he's actually then seconded to back to Miramar, back to Top Gun. And um He's gonna he's gonna uh, train the the best of the best to prepare for a mission that uh, they don't think anyone can really complete, but uh, 
and considering he's the only guy alive that really you know, had the skills to, to train these guys, he's brought back into the fray. And he takes a team, of, uh, like a, a group of 12 young, best of the best fighters, and has to try and teach them how to fight like they've never tr- trained before. Yeah, and this is where we get introduced to some of the, the new characters in the movie, and, and there's some really good symmetry with uh, the old characters. You've got the... The arrogant newcomer, the you know the yeah, new ice. Yeah. You've got hangman. You know, you've got hangman, who's who's the a new di- ice. Yeah, he's a dickhead. He is a dickhead. Yeah. You've got the general or the admiral that uh, that you know they're gonna that's gonna break. Uh, you know he's gonna give it to to um, to Maverick all the time. Yeah. So it's it's a good nod to the old. You get some some of these new characters coming in as well, and and that really sets the scene for what's gonna happen. Yeah, for sure. And and I think then we're we're also introduced to. Yeah, and everyone's if you've seen any of the trailers, we're not going to give away any spoilers, but everyone knows that the goose's son is in this movie, uh, Bradley, and um, he's had a rough trot with Maverick over the years, and and the shroud of Goose's death is is hanging very dark over Maverick the whole film. It's looked like it's really it's defined his life since that that accident, um, and really the 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 core heartbeat of the of the movie is the relationship he's trying to build or trying to mend with with Goose's son. Yeah, and I think that's that is that is exploring that relationship is what the movie's all about. And that's what Joseph Kaczynski was really that was really I think his mission with the movie. You know, when he came on as director, he really wanted to explore that and they they pitched that to Tom Cruise to be a part of that movie. You know, when he took when he spoke to uh, Jerry Bruckheimer about it, that's what he wanted to do. And I think that's that's the catch. That's what got this moving after a lot of years of inactivity because that's that's the real thing, exploring what had happened all those years ago and, and Maverick's thoughts, you know, how he felt about that whole situation and then, you know, the next generation and, and his son coming in and his son now being a pilot and how that how that plays out is, is really the crux of that movie, and, the, the and, spine of it. And God, doesn't Miles Teller look like Anthony Edwards? Yeah, they've done a really good like job. Like, he is spitting that. image. Like when 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 they actually discover that the, the team discover that he's Goose's son, the the photo and it's just incredible. Like the the similarities, the the cocksucker moustache, um, the, the the terrible hair, um, it's just it's he's just crushed it. Yeah, they um, actually the looks very similar. Hawaiian shirt, very similar to the hair you used to sport, sort of in the early two thousands when you got rid of the long back. Yeah, not went, quite not quite the book I used to be able to get. That well, it's, that's impossible. That was more Swayze, <laughs> more Patrick Swayze-esque. Um, look, we can't give too much away without spoiling the movie, so we're going to stop there in regards to what happens in the movie because, you know, get to Miramar, meet his team, cue action, quality film. That's really essentially what happens, and it must see. Like, it really, it's you've got to go and see it. Um, and, of course, there's the token love interest too. There's a sideline in there for of course. Tom Cruise, and there's a good little Easter egg with the character there. Yeah, yeah. I won't give that away, but it will be interesting to see if people can, can pick, pick it up. up. I, and you know what? I, I didn't even pick it up, and and when Gao mentioned it to me, I was like, oh shit, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So there's lots of little, um, you know, harkens back to the original film all the way through. Um, you know, it 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 doesn't take, it doesn't go for very long without some, you know. You could call it fan service, but it's it, it's worked into the movie so that it, it feels natural. It doesn't feel like it's forced. No, that's right. Um, everything they do, it just seems to be natural within the film. Uh, it, it should be there. 
Um, nothing shoehorned in so that you know the people that have gone to see it, that are fans from '86, feel like they've got their money's worth. Um, it's just done really well. And there's a lot of old quotes that come back to, and not the ones you think of like "I feel the need, the need yeah. to speed," not things like that. But there's a lot of things you'll pick up. And there's a know. sneaky one. There's a sneaky one at the end of the film that um, that uh, Goose's son says. That's what his dad said. Yep. Um, and I love that. I was just like, yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, look, to be honest, did this movie meet our expectations? For me, it exceeded them. Oh, 100% met the expectations. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for that movie that you know is the quintessential Top Gun experience, and that's what you're getting, and that's what that's what we wanted. Look, I we, went, we, I wanted. Went, we weren't walking in thinking we were getting... Um, the Godfather, or, no. or or a or a lesson in, you know, beautiful dialogue or, or script writing, and and to be perfectly honest, didn't want it. Um, I knew what I wanted when I walked into that cinema, and they delivered. Well, they certainly did. No, yeah. that that's exactly it. I mean, it's that's what it's supposed to be. And Tom Cruise has always said that that first movie was supposed to be that roller coaster, that big entertainment, and that's what the movie's about, and that's what the sequel is, and that's what and it stays so true. To the original, and that's what makes it so good. So quite s- quite simply, was it worth the wait? Bloody oath! Like, I, you know, I would have been quite happy to wait forty years if if that's what they served up. And but I wouldn't. But thirty seven was long enough. I think with what they've done, it's so great. I mean, they could have they could have done sequels to that a few years after it was such a blockbuster, and they could have ruined it or made a franchise yeah. and made seven movies and yeah. really done it to death, but they didn't. And this is. So worth the wait in yeah, the end. So doubt. worth the wait. So then let's let's talk about what the highlights that we think are, and, or you know, highlight or highlights. And I've got two, um, and they bookend the film essentially. I, I love the start of the movie. I just love that homage to '86, the shot for shot. It just took me back. I knew I knew exactly where I was. I love that. That just set the tone straight away. But hands down, the best, the highlight for me, is the whole third act. It's 45 minutes where I was on the edge of my seat. I don't think I moved. Uh, when they go on the mission, it is mind-blowing what they have done there. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, it's edge-of-the-seat stuff, really, isn't it? Like, it, you just get caught up in it, and yeah. it's it's so amazing. I agree with you. The, the start of the movie, when it's you know scene for scene, is, is so amazing because it just takes you back. The music goes straight into the, you know, the original iconic... Top Gun music into Kenny Loggins. Yeah. It's so great. Um, the highlight for me was the cinematography yeah. of the fighter jets. Um, you know, and, and those those actors are up in those jets, and yeah. it is it is so it's realistic because it's real, and it is so true to life. And it, it is amazing what they do. The camera work they do from inside there, showing shots going back behind. You know, the, oh, it's it's mind blowing. Yeah. It's it's it's, and it's it's great when they're in training. But there's no skin in the game when they're in training. It's not until and it's amazing when they're when they're training. But when they go on the mission and when it's like life and death, you are transported inside those planes. And the the camera work that they've got, where they've got the cameras in, so watching watching like point of view back at Tom Cruise and seeing four fighter jets in behind him in formation, like I don't know how they do that. Yeah, it's amazing. But and they they needed to have something because you you know 
86. Yeah. You know, they, they could get away with a few shots and, and a yeah. few different things. You can't get away with that today with the types of movies that we see. So I know. think I read somewhere they were saying that they filmed 800 hours of flight yes. uh, footage. Now, the thing is, though, they're only getting 8 to 12 seconds per shot. So do the math. Yeah. Like, that's a shit ton of time up in the air. They would have spent a lot of time. At the end, but well, the it's results, 800 hours. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> it's like, but it's a lot of like sm- like small snippets to get it all together. Well, that's right. But but the way they put it together, it, it is just that that to me is definitely the highlight. That is the highlight of the movie. Yeah, it's just crazy. And it and it really and it takes you back. You know, you talk about that that third stanza, but that's what that's what gets you in there. It grips you to your seat because it is it is so amazing watching that. Yeah, look, they crushed it. Um, yeah, look, they it starts. It doesn't drag. The third act is just mind blowing. I've said that about ten times. I loved it. It got re- it got it got it got closed off well. Um, it was not what you'd think. It asked some questions. It was funny. The movie was funny. It had some really good comedy in it. Um, it was a good love story. It was good emotion. It was good action. It was. And we're talking about a blockbuster movie here, so it's not going to win any awards, right? And we're saying it's not The Godfather, but fuck, it's good. It is. Well, that is what you're after, though, as we said before. It's the quintessential Top Gun experience. That's what you wanted. That's what you get out of this, and it is it is worth the wait. Definitely, definitely. All right, so let's get into um, comparing the old and the new. We'll call it the, um, you know, in the, in the, in the uh, I guess, in the... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for in the jet fighter business? They call it the no-fly zone. So it's going below the hard deck. So we're going to call it the no-gray zone. So here, you can't sit on the fence with these decisions. You've got to pick one or the other. All right? Pretty this simple. Is, this is tough. Pretty simple, right? So we're going to go... These. So young Maverick or older Maverick? As I said, this is tough. I mean, young Maverick, so full of life, you know, yeah. so arrogant, so out there, larger than life. Um, older Maverick still has that, but he's he's older and wiser. He's a bit, you know, is, he, is it the word moody? He's a bit. Well, he's re- I just think he's reflective. He's a bit I think worldly. He's, he's, he's worldly. Yeah, he's, he's worldly. Word. He's worldly, uh, no doubt. And you know, he still has those flashes of that, but it's but it's different. But it's but it's a great character arc because it shows how he's moved on. But I think for me, young Maverick, you can't go past him. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go older Maverick. I love that reflection. Um, I love the fact that he's. Almost sixty, and he looks thirty-five, and doesn't look like he's had a hundred surgeries. Um, I thought, I just, I, I'm going to take old Maverick. Okay, that's me. I, I, I'm not going to justify it anymore. That's it. There you go. Um, okay, so then love interest: Kelly McGillis or Jennifer Connelly. So we've got Charlie or Penny. What's it going to be for you? Well, let's just have a look at this. Uh, <laughs> I think that in the original that. The storyline behind Charlie, she comes in as, as an instructor in there, which has a lot of symmetry into the new movie. But they really developed that storyline a bit more, I think, than they did in the new one. Um, as we said before, Jennifer Connelly comes in as, as a character. and I like that there's no exposition with her, though. That you, They leave it up to us to figure out what's going on. It's not difficult to figure out what's going on. No. You know, Maverick's shagged and left. Bit, like, yeah, and there's a little bit of backstory there, and it, it's left yeah. to you to sort of understand that yeah. and and know that there's history between the two some of it's implied um, I'm going to go with Kelly McGillis I'm going to go with the original all right 
Well, we're going opposites again. I'm going with Jennifer Connolly. She's in the top 10 most beautiful people on planet Earth. Um, she only has to look at the camera to convey so much emotion. Uh, yeah, you can tell that he's has genuine love for her. I'm going with Jennifer Connolly. All right, so we're split. It's just we're just going old and new here. Um, so we're going to call them villains, but they're not really villains. Let's just call them dickheads. Uh, in '86, we obviously had Iceman. In 2022, we've got Hangman, and we'll throw John Hamm in there as well. Um, I think this one's pretty easy. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be Iceman. It's got to be Iceman. Yeah, he's the quintessential original. He was the best. Yeah, he, he was, was the, the best. best of the best. Yeah, and and, and they 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 do a lot of nice stuff for him in this movie. Yeah, the, they, they look after his character really well. Yeah, what they do with his character is really, really good, um, and and it's a good nod back, and, and it's good to see him yeah. in the movie. Yeah, another fallen comrade to the original film, um, you know, passing away, and Val Kilmer would be missed, and as Iceman, it's probably his most iconic. I'm going to say it's probably his most iconic role. Like he did play Jim Jim Morrison, he has played Batman, but I reckon he's known for being the Iceman. That and the saint. <laughs> oh, no, no. The island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. anyway, so we've got the ice cream. We, we agree on that one. In saying that, Hangman is really good, and they really, you know, that character really bounces back, and it's very close to... He redeems himself a little bit, I guess. what Iceman is, yeah. But yeah. there is that whole arc of redemption there. But, but it is a really good new character, but it's really hard to go past someone that was as good in that first movie as yeah, no, Iceman it's, was. It's Val Kilmer every time. Okay, so let's go... Let's talk about the music of the of the two films. Eighty six, just one of the most iconic iconic soundtracks in film history. Kenny Loggins is is um you know at his peak. Um, he, you know, he's busted out Footloose a few years before. Um, you know he's got he's got a hundred hits, but does anything compare to Danger Zone to start with? But really, does anything compare songwriting brilliance to playing with the boys? I don't think anything compared to playing with the boys. Yeah. It's the we built this city of um, of movie stardom. I reckon. Well, the fact that they use that music we said before at the start, you know, coming straight into that same that same score is just sets the tone for the whole movie. Um, but it, that's what makes it. That's what makes the whole franchise to me. I mean that that is so iconic as part of this franchise, if you want to call it that. And I, I don't think I can go past that. No, nah, well, they've got Lady Gaga in to do the, I guess the. The final song of the movie, and and it, look, it's a nice song, but they only play half the song at the end of the movie, and I, I I'm nervous. I, I don't think I'll ever listen to that song again, except when I go and see the movie fifty times. But I've listened to playing with the boys on at least on monthly for thirty seven years. I've been singing it ever since the movie ended. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you this, I don't remember the Lady Gaga song. No. Yeah, like, no. I d- it didn't really it didn't really hit me. I don't I don't really think it maybe I need to when I watch it again or maybe maybe it's because I've only seen it once but yeah, I didn't really that didn't really hit me with the music. Well, the 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 the, the exciting thing, yeah, was that um you'll be able to listen to Lady Gaga's new song on the same platform as people will be able to listen to Born to Watch. So we'll both be holding the same court on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So we're in the big league now. No doubt we'll have the edge. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. We've got better hair. Um, uh, now, I would have been surprised if we didn't get this, but there was another beach buff scene. Obviously, 86, iconic, the most homoerotic volleyball match in the history of cinema. Um, 
and in in the latest in Maverick, we've got a we've got a six on six football match at the beach. It's an well, easy. I think this is easy. Well, the original is four on four. It's just gratuitous. Yeah, gratuitous shirts off. Yeah, except for Goose. Um, but you got the iconic Rick Rossovich oh. pulling his pose. Uh, the new one. It's a footy game on the beach. Shirts off again. Yeah. Everyone on the beach. But it just doesn't have the impact of no. the original. No. It just can't. That was yeah. an iconic part of the movie. So it's it, we get to an interesting point now because we're going to go 86 or 22. Which one's it going to be? And if you if you listen to what we've said, you would think that it's 86. What do you think, Ken? I'm going 86. I just can't go past that. I mean, that sets the, the whole tone is set from there in the second movie, and that's, that's what I'm going with. Okay, look... Call it recency bias, but I don't think it is. I'm going 2022. I think it's a better movie than the original. The original, with all its flaws, will always be one of my favourite movies of all time. But I think this takes that and adds to it. And I think on repeat viewings, the appreciation will be more for this film than the original. Well, I can't argue with you on that. I mean, it it's, is it's it is that good. It is it is a 50-50. Yeah. And you could go either way on that. Yeah. You know, when when you go through that whole movie, it's just it's it's exactly what we wanted, and yeah. yeah, I can understand I can understand why you go that way. Right. Okay. So we're we're split, but Gow's going to lean on the fence. The first time ever. You know, we're not supposed to, but I think he he's got some splinters in his ass, but he's leaning towards eighty six, and I'm fair and squaring twenty two. Good or bad, it's obvious we love it. This movie is really really good, really good fun. This movie is must-see at the cinema. Got to go to the cinema. Got to have the big screen. Got to have the music loud. It's it's not a wait. It's not a wait at home and watch no. it. Don't wait for streaming services. Don't wait to bodgy download it. Pay the money. Go to the movies. Keep the movies alive. Go and see it on the biggest screen you can find, and strap yourself in. I can't remember having watched too many movies and thinking, I'd like to go back and watch it again, but I reckon I'll be going back pretty soon. I know you will. I'm going on the weekend. <laughs> I'll be going on the weekend. Um, again, I'll take my wife, and I can't wait. I, I want to go now. I go today. I go again now. I go to the late session. Like, it's... I want to see it again. Yeah, I do get that. It's yeah. it's well worth it. And and I think that second viewing, too, is when you pick up some of the things you may have missed in the first one, too. For sure. Because there's definitely quite a few good Easter eggs in there, and, and there's probably more that... You know, yeah, we're going to get the benefits of the, all that on repeat viewings, for sure. Um, okay, so that's really about it from us. We don't want to give away too many spoilers. I'm sure we'll revisit Top Gun Maverick in the future and go on a bit more of a deep dive. But uh, if you're sitting on the fence about whether to see Top Gun and Maverick, don't get off the fence. Go and see it. Go to the cinemas now. Biggest screen you can get. Go to the cinema, people. You have to go and watch go. it there. Go to it. It is well worth it. Go to it. And we'll leave it on that note. So it's been fun. It's our first, hopefully, of many. Um, so from, from me, Matt, and from my partner in crime, Matt. Thank you for having me. It's been yeah. great to be here. Yeah, And uh, it's a farewell from us. And uh, we'll see you on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts and all those other platforms that host high-quality podcasting. Looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. See you guys. Thank you. See you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, 
Give us a five-star review and share with your friends. 